everyone, and welcome to The Cluttered Desk. I'm Jason Bings, the host of The Cluttered Desk. I'm a K-12 educator, administrator, and tech coach in Oklahoma. You can follow me on Twitter, at Jason Bings, and you can find the link to my blog in the notes and more information for the podcast there as well. The purpose of The Cluttered Desk is to help clear up some of the clutter related to education. Because as we all know, education is a very complex and cluttered topic at times. The goal is to help clear away some of the clutter, and with that said, Let's see what clutter we can clear from a desk today. All right, so today I'm beginning a series of posts and podcasts centered around accessibility in the classroom. Now, I've spent nearly 20 years as an educator, and this topic is becoming more of a passion to me than ever before. In fact, several presentations that I've done recently have, have focused on that. I think part of this stems from what I've witnessed students and colleagues struggle with over the course of my career, and part of it ties into the multitude of resources we have available to us that we're not using effectively. And so my role as a tech director and an instructional coach has kind of steered me that direction. And when you look around and you see all that we have available to us that we're not taking advantage of, that we're not using uh, to its fullest potential, we're really doing a disservice to our students if we're not making an effort to try to make some sort of accommodation in some of those areas. And so with each post in this series, I'm going to try to tie some research and resources in so that you can immediately make changes to benefit your students. These changes are things that you can do to help your students with disabilities, with impairments, with medical constraints, but they're also changes that can help all the learners in your classroom. But I want to go beyond that with these posts as well. I want you to keep in mind all the stakeholders that may need access to your resources and materials. Some of these changes can be beneficial to your colleagues, supervisors, parents or guardians, anyone else that might need access to to your materials. Uh, We want all stakeholders, um, typical or atypical, to have equal access to the materials. And when it comes to preparing materials and lessons for your classroom, I really want you to keep this one statement at the front of your mind. Don't assume. Ensure. Whatever you do, don't assume that there is no one in your audience that has a disability or an impairment of some sort. The majority of issues are not visible, and of the 7.5 billion people in the world, over 1 billion of them are going to need accessibility options at some point in their life. So once again, never assume that no one needs accessibility options for your materials. Consider it a given. Instead, you should ensure that you're making your materials available to all stakeholders. All right, so how do we do that? That's really what I'm planning on covering in these posts. Um, And so for today's podcast, this is actually from a combination of posts that I'm releasing. Um, So while I was contemplating where to start on this, I came across a tweet that led me to an article that I wanted to share, and it's really um, what led into this first topic. And you can see the the tweet in, in in, in the notes for the podcast, which are part of the blog post. Um, but basically, it, it, it's retweeting the article title. It says, a note from your colleagues with hearing loss. Just use a microphone already. And so 
the article mentioned in the post drives home the point so well that I could almost just insert the whole thing and read it to you. But instead, I'm going to encourage you uh, to read the article for yourself and let it sink in a little bit. So if you go to this post um, for this podcast on on the blog, which is theclutteredesk.info, uh, you'll find this, and, and I want you to take the time and read it. And after you've read it, just let it sink in a little bit. All right, so at this point, I'm assuming you've stopped, you've gone, and you've read it and processed it a bit. So why don't we take that and apply it to the classroom? What are some proactive steps that you can take to make your classroom more accessible for those with hearing loss or with other hearing challenges? Well, as the post said, first on the list would be to use your microphone. So if one is available, use it. As the article pointed out, the microphone is not for you. It is not to make you louder. The microphone is for the audience so that they can clearly hear and participate in the learning. As the article points out again, the sound that comes through speakers is so much more clear and less distorted, and it also allows your voice to fill the space equally. Not only should you use the microphone, but you need to insist that anyone speaking in your classroom, students, guest speakers, whoever it is, you need to make sure that they're using the microphone as well. And if you have to, explain why you're using the microphone. Not because the principal says you have to, uh, not because they bought this expensive sound system and you have to use it, but you're using it because it gives everyone an equal opportunity to hear and learn and participate. Now I know some of you think you're loud enough and that a microphone isn't necessary, but I really want you to think about this. If you're trying to be loud enough so that the people in the back of the room can hear you, I want you to think about the people on the front row, those that are right next to you. Those students, I'm sure, feel like they're being yelled at the entire time. And chances are, the students in the back still can't hear you or still aren't paying attention. So realistically, the only people that are benefiting from you being loud enough for everyone to hear are those in the middle of the room. Because those in the front, their hearing is being assaulted. Those in the back still don't care because they can't hear you very well. And so, really, you've ended up losing more by trying to be loud enough than if you would just pick up the microphone and use it. And the microphone allows you to fill the room, but actually not talk as loud and get the job done. And this puts everyone in the room on an equal footing, on an equal ground for learning. But there are other added benefits for using a classroom audio system. By distributing your voice around the room and spreading it around equally, it adds to, the, to what I call the proximity effect. And so what do I mean by that? Well, have you ever noticed that as you're walking around the room that students on the opposite side of the room have a greater tendency to act out than those that are right there close to you? And so when that happens, you're 
um, your classroom management skills kick in and you migrate over to that area and maybe stand closer to the students that are being disruptive. Well, when you use your classroom audio system, it's like you're right there all the time. And so they don't necessarily notice that change in, in volume as you progress around the room because it's, you're equally distributed there. And so it's like you're right beside them even though you're, you're clear on the other side of the room. And so one of the added benefits of using this classroom audio system is actually a decrease in discipline issues. And so I've got a link for an article that deals with and talks about some of that. It's called Benefits of Classroom Audio Systems. And I've got it linked in the notes in the blog post. Um, now granted it is distributed by one of the manufacturers of, of one of these systems. But it provides some additional information that kind of adds to this discussion. Now I understand there's always the potential uh, that somebody's not going to use it properly. And that's the case with anything. And so some things to keep in mind when you're um, using a classroom audio system. If you're a loud talker, if you're the person that's used to being loud enough for everybody to hear you, back off a little bit. Bring it down um, because you don't need to talk that loud. Also, as you're testing out your system and making sure it's set up, walk around the room. If you hear an echo, uh, chances are you've got your, your volume up just a little too high. Or if you clearly hear yourself coming through the speakers, you may be, may be too loud. So you want to, as you walk around, just be able to hear yourself in each of them, but not so loud that it's it sounds like it's being projected. Um, you're just looking for even distribution is really what you're looking for. Um, your voice should be consistent coming from you and from the speakers. And so it should, should be an equal level as you walk your way around. Some other things to keep in mind. Never yell into the microphone. I mean, this should be a no-brainer. Um, and then never reprimand a student through your classroom audio system. Again, to me, that's another no-brainer, but um, for some, it may not be. <clears throat> what this does is it diminishes your effectiveness and it destroys your relationship with your students. Both of those do. So in addition to using a classroom audio system, there are some other ways to make your classroom more accessible for stakeholders with hearing impairments. So if you don't have a classroom audio system, um, it, this is actually what's in the second post in this topic. And so what I would like to do is go ahead and wrap things up here. And so for part two of, of the accessibility one, we're going to talk about some things you can do if you don't have a classroom audio system available to you. Uh, first and foremost, I would say if you don't have one, I would try to find a way to get one. Start talking to your administrators. In addition to talking to your administrators, I would start looking for grants. I mean, there's enough research out there that you've got the source material to make this a very plausible grant idea. And so next time we'll look at uh, what you can do with video and some other resources that you probably are already using in your classroom um, to help those students with hearing impairments or other issues that these actually cross over multiple 
areas and can benefit more than one group of students. Uh, but with that said, um, that's what's been cluttering my desk this week. Um, thank you for reading The Cluttered Desk. Uh, be sure to uh, rate this on whatever your favorite podcast um, catcher is. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at Jason Bings. Uh, and again, feel free to share and comment and post and, and give me some ideas and, and uh, look forward to uh, sharing again uh, the next uh, part of this series is going to continue this accessibility and so we'll look at some other resources that you can use and tie into this.